Welcome to Survive It Well, the podcast where two grad students discuss literature, climate justice, our dissertations, and so much more. I'm Aparna. And I'm Haley. Uh, for today's best, worst, most notable, Aparna, I want you to tell me about your favorite moment from... We recently took a day trip to London. Yes. We did many a thing. We did do many a thing. And I was wondering what's like the thing you'll remember. Oh. But it can be best, worst, most notable. Okay. Yeah. So I have three moments. Oh. <laughs> All right. Just three moments. Mm-hmm. One, when we left uh, the Tate Modern Museum and we started walking towards the National Poetry Library and it was raining. Oh. Just this gentle rain. And we were walking along the Thames. I like that moment. Mm. Then, our tacos and margaritas <laughs> dinner at, at Oaxaca, <laughs> which we ate in the fastest. I, I'm used to eating food fast. But that was the fastest I've ever been in and out of a, of a restaurant. restaurant. They brought the food when you were in the when you were in the loo. I just got so self conscious about saying the loo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I told the waitress that like we have to catch a train at five fifty. It was five thirty at that point. Maybe it was five twenty five. They came through for us, and so, how? Also, I think she must have told the kitchen because other people who had clearly ordered before us didn't get their food, and we got yeah. it. That yeah. was really nice. Yeah, really nice. Big shout out to Oaxaca. Oaxaca. On what street was that street? It was uh, right opposite Waterloo Station. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go there. The margaritas, exquisite. Exquisite. Also the plantain tacos. Mm. All the tacos. Yeah. Just all the tacos. Tacos and margaritas, a combination you cannot beat. I know. A combination really to be savored, not yeah. stuck <laughs> yes. in your face so, in six so minutes. We have, to, we have to redo that. But still, it was one of the highlights yeah. of, of the day. And when we, we went to the Old Vic Theatre, yeah. which I've been, I, I've read so much about it because mm. it's such an institution and it was so great to go. Yeah. But the moment that we were sitting and everything was very impressive and I was enjoying myself. And the moment that I remember most is when the stage started to rotate. Ah. So that's my third highlight moment. Yeah, it was like a circular stage yeah. at the center, of, like Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen it in so many places on TV, but I've never, mm. and I've been to so many theaters, but I've never been to a theater where the stage rotates. And it was quite a moment for me, so I, I, I liked that. That's so exciting. Those were my three three highlights Aww. that I could remember. Yeah. What are yours? Um, well, I didn't prepare three. Those mm. all were were good, great moments. Well, my the moment I was going to talk about, so we went to the National Poetry Museum, and we've been talking about, like, that's the reason we took this trip, yeah. was to go to the National Poetry Museum. Like and. Today. Yeah, why is it a museum? Library. <laughs> a poetry museum would be fun. Too. I would love to go to a poetry museum. But it was the National Poetry Library. Thank yeah. you. And um, we got there. And I'd already started to have a headache before that. And I was feeling so much dread. Like, we split up when we first got there. And I was, we were looking through different sections. And I started reading a book of Jane Kenyon's poetry. And I was just feeling so miserable. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. read. My eyes hurt so bad. And I was like, we came all this way. This is the one chance that I'm going to have here. <sighs> I'm so devastated. So, like, I sat in the corner for a little bit. And I took some 
uh, uh, headache medication. And then I came and sat with you for a little bit. And then when I walked back to to that aisle, I remember like pulling the book off the shelf and feeling the headache dissipate. You don't mm. always get that. Like sometimes you're distracted and so you're like headache and then all of a sudden you don't have a headache. Yeah. But usually when they're really bad and this one was like one of the worst ones I've had in a while I could like feel the pain melting and I was like I'm gonna be able to enjoy this like in a sick and twisted kind of way like even more now because I can appreciate we still had like an hour to be there and then I read the whole book of Jane Kenyon poetry and I was so happy to be reading Jane Kenyon because I cannot find her anywhere here yeah in any of the libraries it's so. a great library and that yeah. space is so beautiful so beautiful yeah and we walked through like crowds of people graduating yeah and i was feeling so happy for them so that was good also yeah the 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 show at the old vic was i mean the show itself we don't need to talk about it <laughs> wasn't our we wasn't talked, our favorite we talked about it so much <laughs> it was a weird show we don't need to throw shade but I'll throw shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but the theater... It was memorable. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. really think of it. And we, we bought, like, the cheap tickets. We were sitting in sort of, like, the bad Benches. seats. We were on the bench. And then the sweet, like, usher yeah. came over during the intermission and said, you can move seats. And so he, he let us sit. And then we were sitting there talking, waiting for the intermission to end. And he came over. He was like, you can even go sit in, like, those real <laughs> seats over there. And we were like, no, no. Because uh-huh. there were lots of there high were lots schools. Of high school yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But good. yeah, it was that a was good a day. Good, it was a good day, and we should go again. And this yeah. time, we'll plan to spend all like twelve to closing time at yeah. the at the library with yeah. no tickets back, with open ended. Oh tickets. yeah, we don't need to talk about the fact we had to buy second round of tickets <laughs> to catch a train. I blame I blame the play. Oaxaca did everything they could to get they, us on, they did, they did. on time. And we also we ran. We ran everywhere. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we. There's I don't no like running, and I still ran. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated it. <laughs> At what point did you realize we're not going to make it? I, when we got off at Liverpool Station and we were oh. running towards the platform and I looked at the time saying, are we just going to make it? And it had already left. Had the passed. train had left. And then I was like, but we did so much work to get here on time, but it's okay. It was These when we were happen. on the tube for me. We were on the second tube. We had to transfer yeah. tubes. And we split up and mm. sat and we sat down and I looked and I was like... We're not going to. I don't think it's going to happen. And then you just have to resolve yourself to it. Yeah. That's why you made your peace with it faster because you realized it sooner. I guess that's fair. I was so grumpy the entire time. Which I understand. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Okay. I want to discuss the recommendations we gave to each other last yes. week. Uh, mine was a, a, a bit challenging. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. This is a testament to your commitment to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommended that you see this documentary, but right after the document, after the podcast recording, when I tried to send it to you, the link had vanished. Mm-hmm. And this, I thought, was the biggest problem, but it was just the beginning of all my problems. Then I tried to send you... Uh, a speech that I really like that this I think Australian children's writer had given when she when she won an award and after that they instituted an award in her name. That speech is supposed to be iconic. I requested mm. it at the library. I wanted you to do oh, you to read that's it. what you requested. Yes, but also I knew that it would be helpful for my dissertation, uh-huh. but I wanted you to read it as well. Oh, I don't that think I realized thing. that. So they still just haven't found it. <laughs> they haven't found it. They emailed me to say that we couldn't find it, so you'll have to officially request it again. So oh. we'll look for it again. Officially 
actually request it. You went in because you I, couldn't. No. Yeah, but they told me this time how to oh, go okay. about it. So at least there's that. So that was the second thing that I tried. Then the third thing was this interview that I wanted to send to you uh, of a great picture book author. Mm. And that had vanished from YouTube. So it was just fraught. I did so many. Ultimately, I sent you uh, a Neil Gaiman story, that, uh, an audio recording of him reading out his own story. I love him reading out his work. Mm. He does a really good job. He has and he's a one of my favorite voice. authors. Yeah. So that's what I sent you. Again, I wanted to send you a different story, but mm. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And if I had enough time, I would have told Sanna to take pictures of that story oh, and send it to you because I have all the you books. You can still send it to me. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So finally, whatever I found, I knew <laughs> that I liked this story. Yeah. But whatever I found, I sent you. So what did you think? Uh, what was the name of the story? So it was The Man called Who Forgot Bradbury. The Ray Bradbury. Man Who Forgot Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote this short story and gifted it to Ray Bradbury for his 91st birthday. Also Aww. his final birthday. His mm. last birthday. Um, I absolutely loved it. Oh. I mean, he reads amazingly and is able to... I don't think at any point he was crying. But there were moments where I thought if I was reading this out loud, I'd be crying. Yeah. And I wondered, like, hmm. Because it was just audio. I couldn't see yeah. him. There's a line. I mean, he just weaves in, like, feeling and humor. Is this the first Neil Gaiman thing you've read? No, I've read, did he, he, did he write Small Gods? No, that was Terry Pratchett. Hmm, yeah. I read, um. American Gods? I didn't read American Gods. I read one that he wrote with, was it Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman? Good Omens? Good Omens. Oh, okay. I read that for the. That's not the best example. No, I really didn't like it. Even though I really love that like book. I, I, I like the book, mm. but it's one, not the best example. Also, you can't. Tell which yeah. which parts are, are by whom. Yeah. I I love yeah. both the authors individually, and it's not my favorite of either of their sure. their work. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I could see as as someone who doesn't typically read fantasy, I could see the the like spark that would be there in a different book. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've read other Neil Gaiman stuff, but I don't know what. Okay. okay. I don't think I've read a novel. He has this line, he's talking about how, like, there's certain things that he's losing. He doesn't think he's losing concepts, but he's definitely losing some words. Hmm. And uh, he's talking about, like, he can't find his shoes. And he says, like, um, uh, I watched the shoes go. Well, actually, I noticed they were gone. Shoes can't just go. It wasn't like they just walked away with no feet in them. And then he says... Shoes don't just go. Somebody went them. Aww. And all the people, like, the people in the crowd are all laughing. It was really, like, I, I told you, I listened to it three times today. Mm. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I also, you asked when you sent it to me if I've read Ray, Bra- Ray Bradbury. And I remember reading Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Again, not the best example because mm. I love that book. But his short stories mm. are amazing. So I read that. It was like our required reading when I was in grade 10, I think. And I loved my grade 10 English teacher. He was fantastic. But I, like, did not care about this book. I was just, like... Also, at age 10, you won't read it? No, not 10. Grade 10, I was 15. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I also read it when I was about that much. I really liked it. 
Anyways, all of that to say, there was like a a panel where Ray Bradbury and like a few other people were discussing space. Okay. I can't remember. But Possibly. he recites this poem that he wrote oh. called If Only We Had Been Taller. Um. And it's this a metaphor, I guess, for like mm. if we were taller and we could touch the cuffs of God, mm. how different we would be if we could have proof. Right. Which <laughs> is like right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there's a line in his poem. And so, and I actually, this got flagged because I was looking into sort of the history of this short story that you suggested. And Neil Gaiman was the person who flagged like that Ray Bradbury had a bunch of poetry that never got published, but he had read this one poem mm-hmm. at this one thing and he flagged to the media or somewhere. You have to watch. This is like an, an amazing yeah. uh, performance to watch. So he knows about it, and there's a line where Ray Bradbury, I can't, I don't remember exactly what the line is, but he's talking about, for all the suffering in the world, if we could know mm. that there's something greater than us, it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. And then Neil Gaiman has, uh, at the end, he's talking about if if this like empty bookshelf in my mind could be refilled before I die, mm-hmm. it would be worth it. And I was like, I love those moments where you think yeah. these people are writing to, in conversation with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. So that really tickled my brain. Mm. I loved it. I absolutely, Aww. it just is sweet. I love writing that is so affectionate to a specific person. Mm. That's like, Neil Gaiman is like, I love you, Ray Bradbury. Yeah. And it's just like men loving men. <laughs> it just, Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Yay! Mm-hmm. Okay, so I su- recommended that you listen to the Book of Mormon Broadway soundtrack. I did. Give me your thoughts. I am very bullet pointy this Oh, this good! Episode, Give me your so bullet points. I, I, I knew that I would forget most of the things that I wanted to write, uh, wanted to say, so I noted it down. First, I loved it. Yay! The music was so catchy. Wait! Did I even tell you what? it's written by the guys who, who wrote, wrote South, South Park? Park? Okay. I, 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 I found out later. Perfect. You okay, yeah. Okay. Then, uh, <laughs> the music was very catchy. The link that you sent me didn't have the reprise versions of, of some of the songs. So I had to go back oh. and listen to them because I was missing some part of the plot. And I had to yes. go back and read the plot. But anyway... Uh, also, isn't that in- it is interesting to me? I feel like in a time where Hamilton exists, we expect that musicals tell us the whole plot. They, was, but they usually don't. Yeah, but I remember Lin Manuel Miranda giving a an interview right after Hamilton, and he was like, "I couldn't afford to watch theater. I couldn't mm-hmm. always have access to theater, so I used to listen to soundtrack, and then." He mentioned a few musicals where you could get the entire story mm-hmm. through the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He's like, those used to be my favorite and I used to listen to them over and over again. And mm. that's why I wanted to make sure that people oh. listening to the soundtrack of Hamilton would. My heart. Yeah, I know. But even I so, was yeah, even to this, it. But otherwise, even I remember that it was me getting used to a different kind of yes. soundtrack listening because... Even I expected to know the whole story at the yes, end of it, and exactly. then I was like, "Yeah, th- that that's not no, that's not how so it usually goes." Details missing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I I really liked it. 
uh, you and me, but mostly me is, is my uh, is my working style. Is what I have written down. <laughs> I I never liked that one until maybe six months ago. It really came around to me, uh, yeah. or I came around to it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I get it. We we both do it, but 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 mostly me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and me, but mostly me. Yeah. So uh, then, in the in the beginning, where the first time that they mention Uganda, and then there's an elephant trumpeting sound, and and the music comes to a screeching halt, mm. and that made me very very skeptical about the rest of the mm-hmm. musical because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't Question. know. First of all, I. I have seen this happen before. I am not very comfortable yeah, with it. Yeah, absolutely. But then I heard the, I think it was the next song, the two songs later, the Hasadika Ibo Bai song. <laughs> and I was immediately won over. Yeah. I mean. How can you not? When they're you, singing. You sing that, you, you hear the lyrics of that song, you're like, yeah. Mm. They, they are making fun of people who make Lion King, which I love. Yes. <laughs> but... I can, yeah. I can see it I don't know if I like Lion King. I grew it. up with Lion King, so mm. I, I saw it when it was, to me, faultless. Yeah. So now I have, I, it holds yeah. a special place of in course, my heart. yeah. Yeah, so. my favorite <laughs> yeah, moment it. in that song. So they, they're singing Hasadiga Iboi, and <laughs> they're like, yeah. the, the, like, Mormon missionaries start singing along, and then, the, and then they, they realize... They say, like, when when things aren't going your way, throw your middle finger to the sky and curse his rotten name. And then like the Josh Gad character goes, wait, what? What exactly does that mean? <laughs> and then you find out that it means F you God. And they're like, wait, I don't think you should be saying... <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, that was very enjoyable to me. Because they're making such, like, serious points. Yeah. But you're just you're just laughing because the other people are so clueless and they're like, No, 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 no. Don't say that about God. They're like, look at our yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I liked how snarky it was. Mm. Like during the fire time when they're telling the legend of the of the book of oh. and then uh, they're just very excitedly like, Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> But I kept expecting it to go further, mm. like in terms of the of the satire or in terms of the snack, but it, it didn't. It I go. don't know if, if that was good or bad, that's just not what I expected. Yeah. I will then, say, yeah. I've seen it twice now, actually, but the first time I saw it, I think I was like 14, and <laughs> sitting there, like as a 14-year-old, my dad's like sitting beside me, and they're talking about like female castration Mm. i was like whoa this is scandalous (laughs) it felt it was like that moment when like you have a reason to swear in front of your parents as a kid you know you're like yeah i feel so good about like this is a good thing but i shouldn't be seeing it anyways yeah yeah yeah. then uh i loved the i have maggots in my scrotum (laughs) running joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then oh, there's one of the songs has a little bit of song which is just describing the process of dysentery <laughs> yeah 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 which is hilarious i had to go back and listen to it again yeah. because it was just a catchy number and they were all singing and dancing about it and it was just a short <laughs> interlude of them just describing how dysentery happens and it just made me laugh so much yeah and uh, I think Magical Fuck Frog is my new stage name. <laughs> you just said what you were telling me about earlier. Yeah, that's my new stage Magical name. Magical Fuck Frog. Yeah. 
I'm changing yeah. uh, Fox Trot Oscar by by night and by on weekends. Magical <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, the moment the dysentery so I that was another one of the songs. My least favorite song is Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Mm. I skip it every time. That's a it is otherwise a no skips album, but I skip yeah, that one. So. It scares me. <laughs> um but I didn't like I can't remember what the name of that song is, but that's when they they're doing the whole performance for like the people are doing like retapping the book. Yes, of because the religion. the like captain of the mission yeah, is yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. you call it comes, comes to, to visit and yeah. they're talking about Ewoks and he's like so <laughs> clearly he's like Arnold is making things up again. <laughs> and he's cl- clearly taught them the wrong story mm-hmm. about the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So that's that's our recommendations done. What's next? I'm so glad. All right, let's get into our main discussion. This week, I was thinking we could talk about our writing plan. Yeah. For our dissertations. So now I'm like, glad that we're recording this today because three days ago I was in full-on panic, <laughs> full panic mm. mode. So today I feel Today's good about it. Today's a good day it, to talk so. about it. Yeah. Why don't you go first then? Okay. Mm. So. Um, I have a lot of words to get down. And what I realized is that I love research Mm. so much, so much. I'm interested in something and then I I want to read all of the books possible about it. Even in real life when it's not academia. I mean, academia is real life, (laughs) but you know what I mean. (laughs) But yeah. So like if I get into... Non-obligatory reading. Sure. If I get into something, then I want to read all the books about it. Mm. I've told you this before. Yes, it's, yeah. it's a weird habit. Like I need to watch all of the documentaries, read read all the books, watch all the YouTube channels and, and things like that. Mm. So uh, I, I just love researching. And then I also like falling into rabbit holes because you'll be researching. I just love discovering how interconnected everything is. Like mm. if you're reading about children's literature and how it's evolved. But then you read about what sort of things were published in a certain time period and then you have to read about the historical things that were happening in a particular country in that time period and then you fall into this hole of just reading about the politics and the history of that place which has nothing to do it has everything to do with it yeah it will just help you understand the context but it won't necessarily feed into so i mean it won't feed but when i was writing that that piece about coffee Mm -hmm. i had to learn the whole i i have not read so much about the political situation in ethiopia Mm -hmm. and and just the surrounding countries and it's so fraught but so interesting like so many things have happened and nobody talks about them Mm -hmm. and just i love falling into these sort of research holes so what i realized was that i was just researching and making notes but mm. not writing anything and then i went into panic state and then you and my sister mm-hmm. both bailed me out by saying you have to start writing mm. like sana said this is exactly the same awesome. journey that you take every single with every mm. single assignment which that you, part is necessary yeah but the panic is not necessary the panic's not I necessary i guess the panic is like me telling myself to start that's writing. when you know it's exactly yeah. and now that you know that pattern yeah next time you're going to be able to reckon or when you're like when you find yourself even in that stage again in this project yeah we are going to be here to yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. but also you're going to recognize oh i know that panic yeah, yeah 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 so then i started writing and this was two days ago and we broke it down into small chunks mm-hmm. and 
yeah just just starting to write things down even if it's bad is a great idea mm. because it's better to edit than to write yeah and that i've learned as a writer but it's something that i have to keep teaching myself mm. that it will not be perfect when i write it it won't be close to perfect when i write it, it might look nothing like the final product but just having written something is the only place to start yeah yeah so that's well well it's not where you started i think it is important to remember that for you it is and also for me it's important to spend a lot of time thinking about it and reading about it and finding yourself in all of those warm up i yeah. think that is important yeah but then i put so much time and effort into that that i think that after that what i write has to be uh, as close to perfect no, as possible right. but it do- no, it's it not be. going to it be it can't be yeah because what you're doing is you're informing like you're giving yourself the like this is like a buzzword but like the interdisciplinary understanding of mm. the topic you're saying and it's so important like i think people that's what we need in order to yeah. solve any problem it has sure. to be that holistic mm. and that just comes naturally to you so it's easy for you to think like oh i'm wasting time because not, this might not be like information that i put down on the paper but it informs the information you're looking for and what you're going to write and the words you're going to use to mm. describe it so that is a very crucial part yeah yeah go on. yeah then you helped me break it down into smaller chunks mm. and i realized that deadlines are the only way that i can write even if i don't stick to those deadlines which i which i will but even if i don't but those deadlines put enough pressure on me that i know that i have to complete something yeah. so that's the only way i can write and breaking it into smaller chunks has been so helpful for me that it's now changed my problem from i have so many words to write to i will have to cut it down yeah. eventually yeah. that's going to be my which, my main issue yes. which is a good problem it to is. have but yeah mm. i have started to see signs of it already mm. so that's where i'm at yeah yeah oh good yeah yeah i told you it was a good day to to discuss this because two days ago i would have been so morose on this oh. podcast <laughs> do you want to talk any about like the uh what do you call that like your writing routine that you were telling me about today yeah so every morning i realized that i have to kick start my brain every morning into normalizing the activity of writing mm. which even though i'm a writer it seems like the worst possible way for me to spend my time for some reason i'm just always reluctant to start writing yeah so every morning um i wake up and i sit in bed and read but when i'm having my morning cup of coffee now i sit at my desk and i just write from the beginning of the coffee cup to the end of the coffee cup i just write something not related to work not related to any other work hmm. just just emptying my brain or just moving my fingers on an empty notepad that's it hmm yeah and that's been really helpful it's it's sometimes only 10 minutes yeah. but it's great because now i have already started my writing of the day and it's yeah. still like only in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's been great. Mm. Then it yeah. feels like a win right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. And yeah, it's been it's been going really well. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm really organized. You've already surpassed your first word count like I've already surpassed early, my right? first word count 3 days early. Amazing. And I haven't even finished writing that section fully so yeah. I, I have more words to add. Mm. Uh but yeah, and I'm I'm starting to make notes on my uh, referencing software. 
are using Zotero. So I'm I'm stepping up my use of of Zotero where wow. I'm making all the I'm subcategorizing it into folders and within each thing I have a notes section where I'm making notes of what my extract from that particular source is. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. I'm being very organized because you wow. because remember that time that oh, it's I, awful. <laughs> that, it's awful. I, that I couldn't. You spent more time writing your footnotes than yeah. you did writing the paper. Yes. And I you spent a long time writing the paper. <laughs> I was so tortured by the footnotes because I couldn't, I hadn't organized my references. I had just put all of my possible references in one document, but in the wrong order. And I had not removed the ones that I hadn't used and it was just a mess. But this time it's good. It's, I mean, hopefully it's not going to be a mess. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, what Sounds about you? Great. Tell me about your... Okay, so mine is... I'm, I made it much more specific. Okay. But I'll... Yeah, so because it's also interesting for, for us to talk about this because our dissertations are so different. Yes. Like, I don't have to think about footnotes or formatting or anything until... So by next Friday, May 13th, is when I'm supposed to send, like, an initial round of poems off to my supervisor, and I have a meeting with her the next week. Okay. To discuss them where hopefully she's going to give me some really thorough feedback. Concrete feedback. Concrete feedback. Yeah. Hopefully, specifically, I'm going to ask for, like, how do I edit these? Yeah, you should have specific questions for mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Yeah. And then a second, so, like, exactly a month from then, on June 13th, I want to send her the whole first draft hmm. of all the poems. Okay. And then, again, the next week I have a meeting with her hmm. to get feedback on those. And then um, in two weeks after that, I want to have done like a full edit and have like a second draft of all the poems. So hopefully the poems will be close to done by July 22nd-ish. Nice. Then you have to also work on then the I commentary. Then I have to work on the commentary. So I'll be working on that in between because editing... Yeah. I mean, I really don't know how I'm going to yeah, do that. Yeah, while you're writing, you don't have to balance it out with anything. But mm -hmm. while you're editing it, you can possibly start. I have to. Because I'm going to, so much of the commentary will be based on the editing process. Because mm -hmm. that's where I'll be making so many decisions. And then my hope is, so two weeks after, so my first draft of the commentary, I want to have done by the first week of August. Yeah, that's good. Have a second draft of the commentary by August 19th, and our deadline is September 2nd. Yeah. So I'm hoping to submit by August 31st. Perfect. That's that's the aim. And so yeah, for the most I part, everything is like two weeks spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everything is two weeks spread out and have everything to her a week before She has meet. to meet. Yeah. But um, she had some really good... She had a really good suggestion yeah. last week I met with her and she recommended that we, because for a creative project, so much of the commentary is reflecting, like it's half writing what it's, it's reflecting on what you wrote and then half of it is reflecting on how you wrote it. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing is sort of like you, the first thing that I, because also I find so hard to sit down and write poetry for like more than 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I just, at that point, I'm like, I don't have words. Has it ever yeah. happened that you, you sit down to write and you're having such a good writing time that you look up and like two hours have passed? Never with poetry. Okay. With prose, which I don't write that often, but that happens with essay writing mm -hmm. a lot where I'll look up and it's been six hours yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't moved my legs in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
not not so not so much with poetry mm. although l- this past week when i wrote well you read one of them that was like the longer one that was yeah yeah, yeah. on great for a podcast but it was <laughs> yeah. like on both the margins where i was playing with margins two hands. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Both sides of the of the imaginary page and the air in front of. That one I wrote maybe for almost an hour. Okay. And that's unusual. I would say probably write for like twenty minutes hmm. maximum. So you've been doing it every morning. Some every writing. morning, first I reflect on. I sort of have, like, I'll write about how I'm physically feeling because that's an important part of what I'm writing. Yeah. How I was like looking after myself the day before. Okay. And how I feel about what I wrote. The previous day. The previous Have day. Have you found anything surprising? Well, it's so helpful. I, I think I told you, like, after I've written five sentences, I just automatically am writing poetry. Hmm. It's like, I expected, I have a document, I expected it to be, like, sort of more journalistic writing where I'm like, I feel this way, hmm. here's how that went. And then, but actually a lot of the poetry has been happening in there in like, in like little sentences, mm. which is new for me, so, sort of like summarizing what I've written above, yeah. which is, it is interesting because a lot of times how it's worked previously is that I think about an idea a lot and then I write it down once I have sort of a poem yeah, fully yeah. formed, but this is more like in the moment, just sort oh, of writing nice. and then when I put it into the act, like the poetry document, yeah, that's when I do like an initial oh, I edit. Like that. Yeah. yeah, and it's new. It's new. Imagine finding new ways of writing. Yeah, after you've been writing poetry for so long. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really like encouraging because I was really unsure about what I was, what the content of my writing. I was like, mm-hmm. I have no idea how I'm. I have so many thoughts about what I want it to be but I don't know what it's gonna be yeah and I'm realizing uh, yeah if I just let myself start thinking yeah I have so many things I want to say it just sort of like Mm. happens eventually Mm. um you were a bit uh upset that you might have to write lesser amount of things than than you uh, initially expected yeah my supervisor I asked because the word count for your dissertation is 15,000 yeah. words and there's no there's no estimate for word count like I've looked through all of the handbooks there are so many handbooks I, uh, they should have some I know literally because, uh, because they must have received poetry before as a submission I think yeah, because yeah. people submit their final dissertations in all sorts of forms, like films and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So they must have some sort of parameters mm-hmm. in place. Yeah. It, it, it all just said 15. And I was like, it can't it can't be that they're You very logically said 15,000 is three times the amount of assignment. So it'll be three times the amount of assignment for you as well. Yeah, which would be yeah. 30 pages. For an assignment, they say 10 pages of poems, 8 to 10 pages. Yeah. And then... 3,000 words of commentary. So I assumed it would be like 9,000 words of commentary, 30 pages of poetry. And I asked my supervisor, like, what's the equivalent? What do you expect for poetry? First, she said 20 pages. Then she said, oh, actually, I think it's 15 pages. Which is half the amount. Half the amount. I already have 11 pages. Like what you've read. I mean, it's not done, but it's 11 pages and it's just a start. Some of those poems I'm sure I won't use. But, like, 
It's too short. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll cut. We'll we'll circle back to circle this back after to... you you've made your case. Exactly. For, for more. Yeah. Places. Part of my plan when when I meet with her next or no three two three weeks from now yeah. is to be like so. Also. Yeah. Let her also read your poetry and and maybe she'll. Yeah, because the, a lot because of it doesn't reach. It's not like margin to margin writing. Yeah, but she's written poetry before, and she knows that. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Uh yeah. So uh, what I suggested to you was that that maybe tell her fifteen pages without any like you you <laughs> remove all the poetry like formatting of it and run it all along word after word poem after poem and then see 15 pages <laughs> and that should be the amount yeah so you can try you can try and make that case <laughs> i think so yeah i think she'll go for it hands yeah. down <laughs> also you you uh mentioned something very interesting i think it was on your instagram that everything feels relevant oh everything has been showing up <laughs> everything that i'm reading a book that the i'll same talk about will later happen to me. oh my goodness <laughs> everywhere i'm like all of a sudden i'm like is everyone sick yeah even and not only for mine yeah i've also been noticing a lot of mm. like people talking about chronic illness and things and i've been like have i noticed this more because mm. i know that you're working on it or are more people writing about it or what is it mm. i mean yes But, yeah both. also everything seems like any book that i've read in the past i've been, in the past few weeks yeah. i've been like oh i can i can maybe re- re- Like exactly. add this as a reference. So I'm just right now in the phase where everything seems everything. relevant. So I'm making notes of everything. Yeah. They might not make it to the final thing, but even books that I'm not enjoying, mm-hmm. there'll be sections of it that I'll be like, oh, but but this is a great point. See, that I, that's the thing. Remember, yeah. I was talking about how every time I sit down to read, I'm like, how's this going to be useful? Because everything that I read, I'm like, it's going to become relevant at yeah. some point. Yeah. It feeds into some idea. Yeah. that i just need to let myself let go of that yeah, concern yeah, yeah. yeah not the fact that it's true but yeah. just the concern of it yeah. yeah i understand it's so funny so i posted like a on my instagram story just a little quote from this book that i was mm. reading that the quote was i sent it to you before i was yeah. like obsessed with that passage and my mom replied to it and she was like oh wow you're you know you're really in the like thick of you're really interrogating <laughs> some like heavy things and I was like yeah I guess you're right I hadn't really I mean I had thought about how some of the stuff I was reading was quite heavy but I didn't really think about like <sighs> it's so wonderful so it is I love the feeling of finishing a thing and then immediately wanting to go back to the yeah. beginning of it I had this I had this feeling with the end of the second season of Fleabag that the mm. moment it ended I was like I I I just want to yes. watch the first episode again. I was again. just watching a video today of Andrew Scott watching the Neil scene where he instructs her they're they're in the confessional. Oh. And he was so uncomfortable, uh, but it was I mean, so it was obviously. so sweet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Continue your hard stuff. Oh, I mean, this show there's been so there's so much good television to watch these days. This show is not the genre that I normally watch. Okay. I don't love high school shows. I yeah. find high school to be it wasn't that great at the time. <laughs> I don't need to go back there. <laughs> But it is so uplifting. It made me I watched the whole thing in one night the first time. It made me feel so good and I mean everyone's talking about how it's like it is such a positive representation of queer youth. Yeah. 
um, like it's a happy story, I guess. It's like just it's, a happy story. Yeah. And isn't it just so amazing how people are drawn to like yeah. Ted Lasso and Shits Creek and yeah. Heartstopper, all the positive. We and just there was this phase it. where everyone was into like really dark, like Breaking Bad. When, yeah. when Breaking Bad came out, everyone yeah. was into like the dark <laughs> dark the time, psychological bad was going on in the world i mean it was but they were they were happy to i guess it was it, that, that's a one method it wasn't so in co- your face yeah, yeah exactly yeah. now everything is is everything. terrible everywhere yeah. no matter what what area that you look the at the things that were bad then white people could be like not my problem yeah, 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 and yeah. now white people can't be like oh <laughs> it's literally staring me in the face <laughs> yeah. every single second yeah mm. yeah so I, I like how people are gravitating towards yeah. us because this is it's something that I've noticed about myself as mm. well. Things that I used to enjoy, yeah. I, I just I just want happy things. Yeah. I want happy books. I just want happy things mm. to occupy my brain because every time I'm not reading or watching something, I am just feeling horrible about something yeah. or the other. I mean, I've, I've recommended watching it to so many people, but I recommended it to my parents. And, like, that's not the type of show I would recommend to my parents. It's about sure. teenagers. Yeah. And it was, like, I don't think my dad watched it, but my mom watched it in, like, two days. Hmm. I mean, I think that more young people need to watch queer content. Yeah. Content might not be the right word. But, like, it's such a... Like, recommending it to my parents as... You know, it's just good. Like, period, yeah. it's just good. And also, it's queer, and I want you to watch yeah stuff yeah but that's not but it's that's not, not like why. an education yes it's not an education but yeah. all, but it is but that's not that's not like that's a that's a side benefit of it you know exactly or yeah, yeah you wouldn't recommend something that isn't just just good it on its just own good. it's just good i yeah. just i just and you just oh, want to read the graphic novels i now. want to read the graphic i put the first one on hold at the library because oh, like, there's so many holds on it but i put it on hold yeah, it just, I'm just so glad that it exists. Mm-hmm. And I wish, it's like the first show in a long time, especially after being so disappointed about Maisel. <laughs> no shade. I was so, I was like, I just wish I could watch this again for the first mm. time. Yeah, it was the best thing that I've watched in a really long time. That's a good spotlight. Yeah, you? I started off being skeptical because like everyone's talking about it, but I, I like that that you love it so much. I, I mean, like hearing people talk about the things that they love. This is There are a lot of things that I have problems with being mainstream. Oh, no. No, no. I just... It's... Oh, you were skeptical of the show in general. No, 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 no. Oh. I was not at all. I, oh. I believed that it was oh. excellent. But just like... Bringing it up as a spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see. But then it's so much fun to hear people talk so about good. the things that they love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would also spotlight Ted Lasso because I just think I just think it's so unique, and the fact that it's so Don't big. Don't give me any spoilers. No, I'm not going to tell you anything. Okay. Just the just the fact that both of them hmm. got so big. I just exactly what you're saying is just a testament to like how ready people are for goodness. Yeah. 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 Okay, my spotlight is please uh, this Indian web comic called Sanitary Panels, uh, which this really really young person mm. called Rachita Taneja makes, and it's these political feminist social justice little stick figure comics that she makes, mm. and they're funny and they are sharp, and that's my spotlight. Oh, and where can we... Especially on, like, 
given our current government mm. she's got into like some like political trouble as well this is like mm. a really difficult time for people to be honestly mm. just like people forget how brave art can mm. be or needs to be to exist and mm-hmm. uh it's it's these little pockets on social media that you'll find it but social media is so much under scrutiny because powerful governments are so afraid of it because mm-hmm. they want to control it and that's one place that they haven't figured out how to control mm-hmm. and i think that it's incredibly brave and she she's getting more and more she's she's gotten more and more political as time has gone by and it's mm-hmm. just been amazing to watch and, and she's very cool remind me what it's what it's called it? sanitary panels and it's on instagram and i think on twitter instagram is the only place that i'm on so yeah. i know that it exists there perfect i love yeah. it uh tell me about your discovery from the week okay it's it's going to go by very fast Good. it's a very short discovery that's great i love it uh <laughs> i discovered why we don't like seeing fallen hair this it grosses me out so like much hair. to just see hair oh hair on the on the ground i don't know why i'm it's not just in the drain just in general i see fallen hair and apparently there's one theory mm. which states that it's a fear of illness like it's a subliminal human oh. evolutionary response to fear illness is why we we get like instinctively grossed out when we see just hair fallen or i don't it's stronger in some people than it is yeah. in others it's a proper phobia with some people and mm. i i don't think i have a phobia but i just get like i, I just get physically repulsed by it interesting yeah I definitely am not repulsed by it. Mm. But it's funny you say that because this week if you I mean you've already used the lube, but I cleaned so much hair. This is just... out of my drain. Oh, okay. No, I'm definitely I have into like a little I haven't been into your I hadn't been into my drain either. And and but my sink kept getting clogged and I yeah. just yeah, I was like yeah, why I... is hair Why is that? It's a great hair? question. Yeah. And I, I realized that I don't have, like, I have this thick hair that people have been praising my whole life, mm. but it falls a lot because <laughs> I don't take care of it. I don't even like combing it. I don't like washing it. It falls a lot. Mm. And this, every time I, I'm, I'm straightening my bed sheet because I have this, this, this mild like problem that if if i'm too comfortable on my bed then i'll spot a crease and i'll have to make myself uncomfortable yeah. to straighten the bed sheet mm. but every time i get off the bed there's like a one strand of hair and it just irritates me so much mm. i'm so angry with my head i'm so glad you don't have to hand sweep my carpets for the hair oh but i have to sweep like i have to clean house. my house every yeah. single like other once in 3 days i have to clean my house because mm. just like much hair. Yeah. And um yeah, the the drain thing I don't have a problem with because every single day after my bath I make sure that there's no hair because I I don't I can't imagine I cleaning up clogged. I don't think it was clogged. my hair. That's the thing. I I don't think it would be anyone else's. Someone lived here before me. Yeah, but I I I highly doubt that that's been they, Maybe, they would have yeah, cleaned it I before know. you got it's here. It's possible, yeah. yeah. Um it is also funny like when you sleep over the next day it's so funny i mean i can clearly tell the difference between our hair your hair is darker than mine and so i'll be like you have a part of hair it doesn't grow when it's dry hair it doesn't grow me <laughs> okay. it's just when it's wet hair like if you pick put up no 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 i don't hair. mind no no don't be this is this is 
my telling you don't be self-conscious about your hmm good discovery. what's your discovery i'm very curious to know if that's true a phobia of getting ill i definitely am scared of being sick yeah so this is a phobia of fallen hair which they they of just hair which mm. they have traced back to possibly being because of an evolutionary instinct of, of yeah interesting not wanting illness okay so my discovery for the week hmm. so i was reading a book called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Yeah. By Olga... I don't know how to say her last name. I don't know how to say her last name either. It's uh, Polish, originally written in Polish, translated. So, I really wanted to have read this book, and I just was not enjoying the reading of it. Yeah. So, I downloaded the audiobook. Oh, okay. So, this... Okay, and so I was listening to it on 1.6 speed. Okay. Because all I needed was, I I wasn't listening to what they were saying. I just needed my eyes to keep moving. Yeah. That's what I was not doing on okay. my own. So I noticed that some words were different. And I, at first I thought like, oh, maybe the narrator just like misspoke. But then I realized that the book I have is British and the audiobook is the it's not like it's the probably the American oh. version. And some of the words were yeah, they yeah. must be different. They I had changed no it idea. Completely. I had no idea because it's it a goes translation. Through a fresh round of edits if it's published in America versus when it's published in the UK. I had no idea. So here are some differences that I I noted. So in the British book, they would they would specify they were wearing a headlamp torch. And in the audiobook, they just call it a headlamp. Hmm. Uh, they would call it petrol in the book, and the audiobook would say gas. In the audio, in the book, it would read mummy and Grammy. Hmm. And in the audiobook, they would say mama and grandma. Hmm. Uh, in the book, they would call it a carrier bag, and in the audiobook, they would say shopping bag. Except mm-hmm. one time they did say shopping bag in the book, and I was like, how did you get in there? <laughs> Uh, and in the book, they referred to, they called them sweets, and in the audiobook, they called them candies. Which I, I just, every single time, I mean, it was keeping me engaged in the reading. I just had no idea that, especially because it's a translation from another language, I was like, oh, they'll just, whoever translated it will use whatever they're yeah, translating. Yeah, but every single book, we were just talking about this oddly enough. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know you were going to no, bring yeah. this up, but, but funnily enough, we were talking about how they, they change titles. But every book goes through a different... And it, it it's because the US is such a big market. Like, mm. we don't... Like, in, in India, we just get whatever yeah, edition. Same. Mostly, it's the UK edition of, of things. So, mm. we, just, we just get that edition. And that's just what we do. And, and if we don't get some of the cultural things, we figure it out, exactly. out with context, which is what we expect any other country to do. Yeah. But the US is such a big market. And... Mm. and we are also special that we can't we can't learn to to say things differently, so so we have to have it Ugh. especially uh, especially U.S. U.S. Canada edition. I mean, we don't get a Canada edition; we get a U.S. edition. We always call it a, in you the publishing it trade. Canada? It's called a it's called a U.S. Canada edition because I think the the, it would the, all the be language would be this this. Well, the, the thing is, it wouldn't be like we would spell things differently, and sometimes right. we would call things differently, but we just get. Unless it's a Canadian publishing house, we get American copies. They're so all I'm sure some parts of the world 
always by default get the US editions of things. Sure. Canada must be the biggest of those yeah. parts, so it's always mentioned along with it. Mm. But it's nice that yeah. they throw us in there. Yeah, US Canada. I want it. Yeah. Remember on the first day you didn't want to be grouped to the US? I mean, no, but we are. <laughs> I would rather be, I would rather <laughs> have it said than just assume that the US is Canada. Yeah. Because remember, um, in like one of the first weeks that I was, that we were here, one of our profs, like he, he knew I was from Canada, but he said something about America. Oh, <laughs> Did he say something about America? He said something about like, oh, Haley, you rain know boots. about that. Was it about rain? I mean, he did ask me about what what right. what rain boots were called, were called, <laughs> or if we had them. But no, it was specifically like I I had been talking about being from Canada, and then he said something about America uh, and was like, right, Haley? And I was like, wait, it's <laughs> no. <laughs> It was like an area or something. I don't know. Anyways, they're close. I understand people getting it different, but I can be salty about it. Okay, so that's almost the end. What are you recommending for me to look forward to next week? Yeah, so this time I have an actual thing that I've checked is there. It's something that I told you about. It's this uh, interview that Conan O'Brien did with Mel Brooks. It's an hour and a half long. It's called Serious Jibber Jabber with Conan. Oh, And I love Mel Brooks. I don't know how many of his movies you've watched, but maybe this will make you want to watch more and then we can watch them together. Okay. Uh, And because they're just amazing. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful interview. And you already have read about Mel Brooks in your in your undergrad, yeah, in your class. I want to talk about that class at every opportunity possible. So we will talk about it uh, next week after you've, you've seen this interview and possibly watched the movies Perfect. as a result of it. Amazing. What do you have to recommend to me? So I want you to read a section from this anthology I have called Shaping the Fracture Itself, which you actually read a little bit of this oh section. Oh my goodness, it's just... Months ago. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there's a section, so it's an anthology of... Uh, poetry of chronic illness and pain and it's so interesting because the way it's structured is every contributor got to write an essay and then contribute three poems so you have like an introduction to their pain and their writing and whatever they want to say and then three poems which I just think is so brilliant so I want you to read the section written by Beth Spencer she has an essay called navigating the shipwreck coast and then she has three poems okay my favorite of which is called the shipwreck coast okay which ties into the essay Mm -hmm. um because I have her whole collection there. Oh, you now. got it. I did get it from the library. They got it on the interlibrary loan. But I want you to yeah. just read her whole section. Because you yeah. read half of that other one before. But I'm going to read it all again. The way through, because there's also a poem that she has about whales. And you oh, know, of course. And they know. You know, listener. <laughs> that I have been I reading like about whales. the singular listener. I mean, <laughs> just one I'm person. not presuming. <laughs> but every person who That's is listening like is an low, individual. Low, low. Low bar. <laughs> Low bar. If we have one listener, I'll be so happy. <laughs> Who's not me or you <laughs> or immediate family? <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to make. We have very supportive family. <laughs> um, we don't want you. I mean, we want. We you, want. We you. don't count. Oh, we you. absolutely. Yeah, you just don't count. We take you for granted. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We take you for granted. Um, any loose ends you want to tie up? Uh, no, I'm fine actually. All right. Yeah. Well done. Um, Do you have any loose ends? I have no loose ends. I'm going to say the same thing every end, every end, every week, but my ends are tight. (laughs) 
Um, I like that as a catchphrase. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and come up with a Is catchphrase what, of my own. Um, fuck my, frog? No, that's just a stage name. Yeah, but, but is that their catchphrase? My ends are tight. <laughs> Magical frog. My ends are, My tight. ends are tight. Now we have to put an explicit rating oh, on this oh, podcast. Oh. <laughs> we'll figure been, it out. Is this the first time that we've... we've... I mean, don't make a habit of it. Okay. I was avoiding it. I was going to say something earlier and then I didn't. Oh, no, no, no but so now that sorry. we have, if we know how to get the explicit rating on it, let's go ham. <laughs> okay. Not like our only listeners are our family. <laughs> um, anyways, thanks for listening. If you're out there, if you're a listener, we appreciate your one listen. Um, we want to give thanks to Padre Gotuma, who wrote a poem called The Facts of Life, which, is, which provided the title of our podcast. Mm-hmm.